Thanks for joining us for the February 19th, 2023 episode of Dan Excelsior, the Mostly Marvel podcast. I'm Dennis, and I'll be your host as we recap the latest super news that caught our attention across the multiverse. Uh, but as the show title suggests, it'll probably be mostly Marvel. Uh, later in this episode, we'll be putting a spotlight on the 1987 movie Inner Space. Uh, but before that, we'll be getting into some news. Uh, and for those of you tuning in, don't be shy. We love hearing from you in the comments. And if you can't get enough of us, you should just visit uh, patreon.com slash Media where you'll find a variety of creative offerings, including recent episodes of our live after show, The Soapbox. Uh, patrons get exclusive access to chat with us, but if that's not your thing, don't worry. We release them to the public at a later date. Uh, just as a forewarning, uh, we will not be doing a soapbox tonight, uh, but that doesn't mean you can't go and check out the rather lengthy one that I did last week with Jason Coke, uh, Coker on um, Post Ant-Man. It was, it was a long talk about a lot of things. Um, it was funny. Uh, Coke just loves to talk. So check it out. It's pretty fun. Uh, and then uh, I guess with those formalities out of the way, let's get my special uh, co-host out here right now. Uh, he's the short to my Quaid. It's Ricky. I'd rather be the Meg to your Ryan. <laughs> well, that doesn't quite work, but <laughs> but fair enough. Um, fair enough. Uh, so, I know we're going to talk about uh, inner space, and I know you, I know what you really wanted to do was talk about something else tonight. Um, oh, that 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 movie by Marvel Studios. Yeah, that that random thing. And I think just to be clear, <laughs> you know, like the reason I didn't want to do that tonight officially is because the movie came out yesterday at three o'clock. And yeah, just, we're gonna let it cook a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, don't make no mistake. We watched it. We'll talk a little bit about it in a bit. But I just thought really like, you know, after we got done talking about Ant-Man last week, um, I really kind of wanted to go retro and, and just talk to talk with Ricky about uh, another movie that was like a shrinking movie that really, I just felt uh, was a was a big part of my childhood. And it was something uh, that I wanted to share with you. Uh, so that's why we didn't actually like try really hard to get like a special guest on here. Like it's, uh, I just, I just wanted it to be a it's more really hard to get people to watch inner space on a Friday night. <laughs> yeah. Just well, you're not supposed to watch it on Friday <laughs> night, but fair enough. Um, but yeah, yeah. I just didn't want to, I didn't want to make it a whole fuss, a whole thing, but I did want to watch it and then talk about it with you. So I hope that whoever is tuning in is, is cool with that. You know, yeah. like if you, if you thought, if you thought you were getting the Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania episode tonight, sorry, that's not happening. We're we're doing things different this year. Uh, we're just we're giving the we're, like like Ricky said, we're giving those those things time to breathe. Um, you can find reviews on that in a million other outlets, um, but yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a special a special uh, a very special episode tonight. Uh, uh, with that said. Ricky, what have you been nerding out on this week besides Ant-Man 3? Uh, I mean, we had we had the big game, right? So with the big game comes sports, but also cool new trailers for a lot of things. 
Um, what else did I do this week? I I turned on my Switch for the first time in like two years, and uh, my Joy Cons are drifting. Um, oh, so I did what anyone does in that situation. I went down the rabbit hole, and I bought uh, non drifting joysticks to put into my Switch. Um, so I'm gonna go take apart a Switch later later today. What was the uh, what was the game that was gonna make you play, or you were gonna play? I that think you were I held. Well, it was just to get ready for. Uh, we were gonna have people over for the the big game. <laughs> like we're gonna get super uh, super saying it. Um, and I wanted to get Jackbox uh, up and running because it's the easiest thing to hook up to the TV. Gotcha. And I figured uh, was I, as I was tinkering with that, it's like, oh shit, my Joy-Cons be busted. Oh, that's a bummer. Mine still work, um, but I haven't I haven't played it in a couple in a month or two. Um, anything else? Anything else nerdy? Did you've been watching mm, the Last of Us? Uh, I mean, we watched we watched the last Friday because it came out early, but yeah, yeah. Oh, that show's good. I finally watched that one. I think on Tuesday, and that was yeah, that was a good one. It was fun because like I was like, wait, how did this happen? How did it wait? Do they get away? Oh wait, no, no. This is what happens, and I was like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> I remember." Like it's it all comes back to me in waves when like it it, it was so long ago that I played that game. Um, it, it it's kind of fun reliving a lot of the moments uh, as they happen, uh, but with amazing actors. Uh, I also really like that the you know the the guy that was uh, what is it? marlene or what 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 is her name the the girl Mar- that runs... it, it, i think it's marlene right yeah you know her right hand man mm-hmm. um did you did you see that that's he's actually from the, the guy... game yeah it's he, he's the guy who played tommy in the original yeah, movie. yeah 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 i think that was so cool that they got to have him come back uh even though he got annihilated at the end of that episode <laughs> oh man uh, I, I i i just remember i a little like spoiler for not the last of us podcast but at the end when when they're having that conversation with with Ellie and uh, Sam, right? Sam and Henry. Sam and Henry, yeah, yeah. And she's like, "Oh my god, does he turn?" I'm like, "I don't think so." And then they they cut to yeah. him sitting on sitting on the bed. I'm like, "Damn it!" No, uh, I remember. I like it. It took me a while to remember, but I was like, "Wait, no, he does turn." I remember this. Yeah, awkward. Yeah, spoilers, but we don't really care. Uh, we're we're not we're like you said we're not the Last of Us podcast, but uh, uh, how about I, you anything anything fun? I know I know we uh, we made Wonder Plan cons or Wonder Con plans. Yeah, we made Wonder Plan cons. Wonder uh, Plan cons. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, I, I got us our 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 badges for uh, Wonder Con. We'll see if we'll see how many of the days we end up negotiating to go to, um, and we'll see if we plan out plan out some way to cover that for the show or for or as a you know part of this show somehow but uh no other than that uh you know i did finally finish my my binge of that 70s show it didn't end spectacularly at all like the last season's pretty rough because they lost ashton kutcher and topher grace um did he is that when you went to two and a half men or was that after no i think he was after but he went to go do movies and stuff okay like he was doing a lot more and he was also dating uh demi moore at a certain point by yeah that time. okay yeah which is really awkward because like they got bruce willis to be on an episode of that show and i'm just like 
you guys have the weirdest relationship ever. They're like friends. Like they're they're just too good of friends. Like you should not be comfortable that comfortable with the guy that is now doing your ex-wife. Like it's I don't know. I guess some people would think that's healthy, but who knows. Anyways, uh yeah, I finished that one and yeah, Last of Us was another good one for me. Um but I've also been binging some like trash TV on Netflix. Uh Oh man, the new one is uh, Perfect Match. What's okay. That one? You know, I've talked about how awesome the circle is. Yeah. But I've also talked about Too Hot to Handle and mm-hmm. I've talked about Love is Blind. I, all of these trash, lovely trash shows that have just nurtured me through this pandemic. Like, I don't think they're good shows, but they are highly entertaining. Well, I, I, there's another one like The Ultimatum. That, that one's really gross. But, uh, but Nick Lachey is about, he's like part of, at least two of those shows that I named. I saw him at a uh, football game once with this oh, kid. Yeah? It was weird because like we were walking opposite directions in passing, and like it was like one of those looks where like oh I know who he is, but like he recognized that I knew who he was. I didn't say anything. I don't want to blow up his spot with this kid, but he like that's gave funny. me the nod. So that's how you know. Like <laughs> that's funny. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Yeah, so he's like he's like a producer on several of those shows, like those love romance shows, right? And so Netflix decided that he is the perfect ambassador for their newest guilty pleasure. So they have him hosting a new show uh, that's called Perfect Match, and it's basically taking all of like the hottest singles that have come out of all of their previous trash shows that are mostly like either love games or love 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 uh reality shows or or competitions or whatever doesn't matter whatever game they've ever had on netflix they took all the hottest single people and they put them on this new reality competition where each of them is trying to find love with other z-list celebrities you know what i mean like basically like the all-stars kinda it's it's just basically i mean obviously they signed up for it so it's really awkward cuz these are people who have now like you know once you once you reach a certain status on these network on these these uh yeah there's like your you, there's this you your dating circle changes yeah. right and so like it's kind of funny cuz like they just all, some of them have already dated each other before but basically the way it works is there's a, there's an even number of guys and girls right or like exact same number on the first night and they have to kind of mingle they just get a bunch of alcohol and a, and a, like they just mingle like in this really nice resort and by the end of the night uh they have to pair off right like each each guy has to find a girl vice versa and they have to go off to their own rooms cuz there's only so many rooms right and so it's really awkward because like first some some people just hit it off right away, but like some are like kind of negotiating what their options are, but you really just can't help but feel terrible for the last two who are just like, I guess, I guess we're going. It. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're it. You know, like nobody feels good in that situation, right? But so then the way the show works is every time after the they, the matching occurs. The next day, they do some fun game that's like a test to see their compatibility. 
like it might be like a pop quiz or it might be like a like uh some kind of endurance challenge or something just to test how well this couple functions together each couple and whoever wins gets to go to the boardroom and what happens is in the boardroom they get they have like a nice fancy like touch screen uh with on the bottom it's got all the current people that are in in the in the game and at the top are like four like maybe four dudes and you get to choose they get to choose two dudes to introduce into the game right but then what that does is and they get to decide who they go on dates with right so they get to break up existing couples and the trick is is they'll go on that date but at the end of the night now there's two extra dudes in the in the in the whole thing right so that means that two dudes are going home that night and then the next night they'll do a game and then they'll do the voting and then they'll bring in they'll choose two out of four girls so every other night two dudes are going home every other night two girls are going home and so they got to keep like you know it's really just funny to watch like how they decide who to bring people in sometimes a couple will go in and they'll be like so i'm not really feeling this so i'm gonna pick one for me and they're like whoa what like i thought we were doing this together and, and like but what are you gonna do you can't like force somebody to be in a couple with you if they don't want to right so you just got to be cool and be like all right fine it's like the temple be. temple battle couple yeah. edition and the thing that cracks me up the most about these shows is like everything they do every decision they make like they know that a billion people or sorry a million people are watching it and so they have to make like they have to, you know, they have to be as the best person they could possibly be on TV. And some people, even trying that, just can't. They just can't. And it's it's too funny, dude. You, you got to check that one out. It is probably the funniest stupid trash show I've seen in a long time. Um, four episodes are on Netflix right now, and they'll do another four every week. All right. It's I might be. I mean, you might have convinced me to watch Trash. trash it's, it's garbage. Like, and then the funny thing about it is, it's kind of like it's kind of like the Avengers, right? To all the other Netflix shows, because when you want when we're watching it, we're like, "Well, what's that show? I've never watched that one." Now I kind of want to watch that. Brand show. synergy. Yeah, right. So now I'm like watching some other show that one of them is on, and it's pretty cool. It's called The Mole. Uh, but that one's just a straight like scavenger hunt game. There's no like mm -hmm. romancer. That's the funniest part about this show. Some of these people are not from shows where they were trying to find love. They're just from game game shows. Right. But like, so they're playing this game, very game like, and then you have other people that did love is blind, which was like a whole like intense dating simulation where or, like, where you, you talk to somebody that you you're falling in love with for like three weeks without ever seeing them super intense. Right. And then they go through this whole experience of almost getting married. And so those people like have a very different mentality of what they're looking for coming on the show. And it's just weird and funny because like some people are like, yeah, I'm in this to win it. And you're like, <laughs> and the other ones are like, I hope I find love. And you're like, you're going to clash really hard with each other. It's really but they're weird. all making money at the end of the day. Yeah, they all make money. And then they all get to like the ones that don't find love can just hook up with random groupies and stuff that on Instagram, whatever. But you know, 
It's still fun. Trash is good. Well, so yes. Well, speaking of somewhat trash, we have we have some news. You Should just we set up your news as somewhat trash. I mean, that is we'll, we'll get into it. That is amazing. I'm I'm very happy to segue in there, but like, got to work on those, man. Right. That was yeah. Let's let's get into some trash news. trash news um super bowl yeah we had a we had some trailers we had a guardians trailer which was a lot of the same just a little bit more um context there but i think the the biggie the biggie of the bunch was the trailer for the flash um the movie in terminal that was delayed and uh revived and is now the jumping off point for the new dceu Dennis. It's kind of like both things, right? Because yeah. it's a it's a saying goodbye to the old universe, so it's kind of giving characters from that goodbye one last and hello, yeah. Um, yeah. And then it has the whole Ezra thing surrounding it. How many Batman Batman does it take? Do you think to fix this movie? I think I think a Michael Keaton doing CG flips is enough Batman to, to make me want to see this. Movie. Well, you're, you're in luck. Like I am. I didn't know how much I wanted to see Michael Keaton in a modern day superhero movie until like, I mean, as Batman until I saw that trailer. Um, I was perfectly fine with, with the vulture being the last role he ever played in a superhero film, uh, except for in Morbius, which was terrible. Um, I was fine with Birdman being the he last time. He fulfilled the Birdman prophecy. <laughs> he really, truly did, right? Like he's, but this man, as in that cowl with that super stick, stiff neck again, the super stiff neck is back. And I still Wait, I remember he signed up for another movie that got Batgirl. He's in Batgirl too. He was in Batgirl, and that will never see um... the light of day. I've heard more and more stories that that was just a terrible movie <laughs> that uh, is I, why. I wonder, though, if they're biting. I mean, you got you got Keaton, you got Brendan Fraser, who's on a hot streak right now. At what point do you just put that out there? You know, I, I from what I've read, it would do harm to everyone's careers. That's what <laughs> I've read. It's that um, bad. But nonetheless, I think uh, last show I was quoted and saying, you know what? I want a blue Batman. And God damn it, this trailer <laughs> gave us gave us a, a bat flick in blue. I think I specifically said I wanted the Is bat flick costume. Is that a bat flick in blue? That's a bat flick cow, and it's in blue and gray. Okay. Whether that's him in there, he's definitely in the movie. He's in the trailer. Yeah. Sure, we'll leave that up to be, but... But even yeah. when they, they're the shot of Keaton's, uh, you know, specialty suits that he has, and one of them is a blue and uh, gray suit as well. Cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I, a lot I, of people I'm, I'm were weirded out by that, that suit not having like some kind of crotch anything. Like it's just stretchy. It's stretchy pants. Look at that. Yeah. Well, you know, it's really weird looking. It's just a onesie. You got to put underwear on Batman. It just helps. It helps break up everything going on. I think I think that tra- that was a really good trailer. Um, we got a you know a, 
another look at Supergirl as well. Um, you know, though, like, I mean, we can keep talking about this, but I don't like the way you glossed over that Guardians trailer. Because that trailer, more than any trailer I've seen in a long time, has prepared me to be like, I'm going to cry a lot in this one. I know. I thought I was going to cry in Wakanda forever, and I didn't. And I know I'm a monster for that. But uh, I'm going to cry in Guardians because look at what they've done for that universe. They have given that universe something that the DC universe has a long time to get to. You know what I mean? Uh, I like the Suicide Squad movie. It is not the Guardians universe. It, mm -hmm. It's not. It's it's good. It's fun, but it it can't. So we can keep talking about the Flash, though. But I'm just saying, don't sleep on that Guardians. I'm not trailer. sleeping on it. I I don't think it added anything new to what we've. That's the. It gave Peter looking at Nebula in a way he's never looked the at. The second her Guardians trailer or the third? I don't remember. I think um, it's the second one. Yeah. But yeah, uh, you know, it's definitely more of the same i i think the flash trailer though was was the big big one coming out of it the fact the flash trailer was big but there's, there's a lot of baggage with that movie and there I, is baggage and i was like i i'm gonna watch this movie i'm hoping that ezra miller donates all of the proceeds to some charity for battered women or something like that that would make me feel a lot better about this you know because like that would be good pr and and just it would make people feel better about this movie. Yeah. But well, aside from the Ezra Miller of it all, the rest of the movie looks freaking amazing. Yeah. Surprisingly, not a lot of Ezra Miller in that flash trailer. I think for good reason. Uh, but whenever there was, there was two of them. Yeah. <laughs> there was always <laughs> two of them. Double, double so, down. <laughs> so maybe that's why it's like, you know, there's only so much you need. I'm excited. I'm excited to see what other surprises they have not revealed for that movie. Cause I, I feel like, mm -hmm. you know, there, this is basically Warner brothers uh Spider-Man. No way home yeah. is what this is. They're just going to do the same thing. And, and we're going to see a lot of that going forward, guys. No way home. Isn't even the first one to really do that. It's just no one, no way home did it at a time when people really needed it so badly that they spent an entire year spoiling that movie before it came out. I think it, the scale of that movie too, right? The scale of it was pretty yeah. nuts. Uh, but you know, I think, I think other franchises that have done things like that, it just didn't, it didn't hit as hard. I think the hell Mary would be if they, they pull a bail out. Yeah. That's what I was wondering. Cause that bat cycle looks like Christian Bale's bat cycle, right? Mm -hmm. there Am is I a wrong? blue batman on that but you're not you're not wrong like it looks like bales and that's why i was like is this is this is is, is my is my batman in this movie too <laughs> because that is my batman i know maybe i mean I, would, you, would you be happy just to see him as wayne or bruce as just wayne no 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 because at at this point now spider-man has ruined that yeah, you need him right you need him in the suit spider-man has ruined that like a year ago when i was like what if they just like show up and don't wear the costumes you know i was entertaining that idea but we're we're past that like spider-man I mean, has ruined us for everything we i i demand nothing but the coolest things ever including that's what i want 
<laughs> what? A Clooney? I w- sure put Clooney in the suit. Dude, I'm not <laughs> I'm not gonna hate anymore. Like I think the older I get, the more I find something charming about dude. We I mean, let's just reminder, it was like one month ago that you and I watched Catwoman for the first time and we're like, you know what? Not so bad. But yeah, I don't think I have bad memories of the those Batman film and then of certainly the the yeah. Nolan ones are in a league of their own. I know. So yeah, I know that some of pe- these things pepper it all in. Yeah. Some of these things are box office failures. Some of these things are like way missing the mark, uh, but we'll watch them all and we'll talk about them because there's something to love always. You know what I mean? Like They're even, fun. Cro- even Kroll, Kroll was kind of a hard one. There was some really cool stuff in that movie though. Even if I don't yeah. necessarily ever want to watch it again, like, you know, and, and that's pretty, that's the fun of it. There, You can feel there is love. There is mm-hmm. love that goes into these things. And so that's why I'm going to see The Flash, because even if there's one shitty guy in that movie, there's a lot of love that went into that movie. And you can see it. You, like, you can well, see it. not much longer as that movie comes out in June, but we will have to wait longer for Captain Marvel 2, The Marvels. Um, yeah, poster November. dropped today. And uh, yeah, this movie got pushed back from July to November. I think November is a good space for Marvel movies, though. Like it's a well, it it was gonna come out in July, and then you would have almost a year before the next thing, the next movie. Yeah, and I right. think they realized from probably like the internet being pissed off for the last month and a half that we had no Marvel content. That Marvel needs to do a better d- job of drip feeding us. So, well, I, I think that was uh, we'll go to the next little bit. Feige's been doing the rounds. Uh, obviously, there's a new Marvel movie, so with that comes little tidbits. Um, one of the main points was they're going to slow down the frequency of the shows, make it a little bit more spaced out. Damn it! Um, you know they they kind of kind of were saying. Maybe five shows in one year is a little too much. No, I need eight. <laughs> I need eight. Um, but that would kind of go, go go well with whatever they're planning. Obviously, I think we need a secret, a secret invasion show before we get into the Marvels. So had things stood where they were, we would have gotten secret invasion probably immediately after Mando and then leads into Marvels. And, you know, it's a little it's a lot of a lot of stuff on there. That's how I like it. <laughs> But uh, a slower drip, as you will. Yeah, it's necessary. It's it, If they can't keep up with our pace of consuming content, um, well, one, they're going to start losing a lot of subscribers, which they already have. I heard they lost a shit ton in uh, at the end of the that two-year, mm-hmm. that three, no, that three-year deal, mm-hmm. you know, the, the one that we were on. Yeah. Uh, they had a huge drop-off yeah. of subscribers after that. Um so well, Iger's come out and said too after they had an investor meeting this past week, saying there's going to be a little bit more um, conservative with, with everything all around. For the most part, Marvel operated on a kind of a blank check policy, so they seem to be kind of uh, reining that in a bit. Um, I don't know. I I mean, I don't I don't necessarily think that's that's a bad thing. Uh, yeah. Well, but, I do. The other the other little tidbits coming out of his rounds, his media rounds, is Harrison Ford is playing the president. Or Harrison Ford playing Thunderbolt Ross. Uh, Thunderbolt Ross will be president the, uh, of the, the president States. of the United States and Captain America. 
Okay. Uh, the next Spider-Man story is set and the script for four is being written. So some good news there. And uh, he just basically reconfirmed that Deadpool three will be uh, rated R. So, yeah. Yep. Always yeah, good to hear from Papa Feige. Yeah, I've been seeing lots of other like news, like rumors and stuff about all all this stuff. But yeah, I think somebody got cast as a lead female role in the Deadpool movie recently. Um, yes. I don't know what the character she's Emma Corrin, an unknown villain. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I'm excited. I like. I do think it's a responsible thing to not do what we did last year again because that was <laughs> that was intense. That was that, a lot. I mean, the state of the world is looking different uh, yeah. this year than it is yeah. next year. It is. So it is. it's just I think smart business all around to just you know throttle things a bit until you, you want, figure out what's going to happen. You want to talk about smart business? Oh yeah, this they a, got this... how, how many of these guys did they uh, they get out of you, dude? So Hasbro, so Dan Yoon, I said last week uh, tweeted that this week uh, some new drops would be coming out, uh, but he didn't really say what. Um, other than that, Yondu uh, that we showed off last week, I think, or two weeks ago, the Yondu was a Target exclusive that went up for pre-sale on uh, I think Valentine's Day. Um, but it actually was not the only figure. The the uh, they snuck in a potential build or army builder here, inspired by the Hawkeye show. It's a tracksuit mafia figure, and oh my god, I love this thing! Just the I weapons alone. The weapons. He's got a golf club, a crowbar, a baseball bat, and a machete, and a Molotov cocktail. And he comes with like three different heads from the different characters that we met in that show as the as the tracksuit mafia. This is amazing. I got four, just so you know. Four. Come on, man. They're too cool. They're too cool. I love that one of them's got the the hooded, like, you know, mask, like the ski mask on. Yeah. You you can just have a couple ski masks. You can double up on him. Yeah. You just double up on him and then you have the other two heads. And there you go. You're good. You know, or you could put other people's heads on them. I, I really like that. Like the, you know, most of the skin color is is hidden on these characters. So like a little bit at the neck, but other than that, you can trade out the hands and the heads and have whatever character you want in a tracksuit. Yeah, you get pretty funky with it. Yeah, yeah, dude, it's a tracksuit, man. It's so good. Um, but yeah, and then that was also a Target exclusive that went up the same time as Yondu. And then later in the freaking day, like it was at no ran, it was no specific times Hasbro or, or Target was just throwing these up one at a time. Like I think that tracksuit was supposed to be up at 10 in the morning. It went up at like 1 p.m. And then like a little later, the Yondu was there. And then and then way later in the day, an astonishing Ant-Man figure went out. It's a good looking Ant-Man. I didn't even see the post until the next day, sold out. So now I got to chase this one in a few months when it comes out, but it's a good looking figure. It it looks like a classic Ant-Man. I think this is actually a Scott Lang, uh, but he he originally wore the classic costume too. Um, it looks good, man. It looks really good. Um, and then, yeah, next week also, or no, no, not next week. Uh, Hasbro recently announced uh, or confirmed that the Walmart Collector Con, which is actually in March, 
will be selling a retro painted style of Craven the Hunter from the animated series. This thing looks ridiculous, dude. Is this that's what he looks like in the cartoon? Is this original? What's up? Is the figure a reissue? The figure is uh, pretty much the same Craven figure. The boots are different than the older figures. Uh, he's got those Captain America boots that you hate so much. I love uh, them. My my previous Pirate my boots. previous uh, my previous Cravens do not have that those boots. In fact, one of them is almost like barefooted, I think, or like ballet shoes or something like that. Yeah, but it, other than that, it's it's the Craven body and even his accessory. Uh, but like those that paint scheme is nuts, dude. That is so freaking 90s it's ridiculous like the with the zebra prints and the really bright yellow lion like mane and stuff it's so signature cartoon i I hate that cartoon but i love these toys (laughs) i love them they look so cool uh but yeah that's all i got uh i I don't know i think that one's like the middle of march when that'll be available um they're great I got that spiral figure. You're gonna keep Hasbro in business after that D and D movie bombs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> I got that spiral in the mail, by the way, and that is an amazing figure with so many arms. I love her. I love her. Anyways, uh, you know what, Ricky? I did not prepare. Uh, I didn't reach out for a Q and A for this one because I just figured, you know, let's just keep it. Let's keep it tight let's keep it to to what you know the, the task at hand is and i think we're just gonna go right into we're talking go about right into space. it we're gonna go into that, the right? space Sorry, i wanted you. to give you time <laughs> to really discuss this amazing movie um now i think i think uh you know before before we go into it really quick, uh, obviously, yeah, this is the part of the show where we're going to be talking about Inner Space from 1987, starring uh, Dennis Quaid, Meg Ryan, and Martin Short. Uh, it was directed by Joe Dante, which we were uh, kind of inadvertently talking about last week, Ricky, uh, because you were saying how Small Soldiers is one of your favorite movies. So good. And I, and I was like, you know what's weird about Small Soldiers? It's just Gremlins. And the weirder part is it's directed by the same guy. And go <laughs> it figure, was meant to be. Go figure it was meant to be when we chose Inner Space to watch. Uh, this is also directed by uh, Joe Dante and also executive produced by Steven Spielberg, just like I believe the other movies we were ta- discussing as well. Because Small Soldiers is a DreamWorks movie, right? Uh, yeah. I, I believe so. it is. Yeah. So Steven Spielberg and Joe Dante. They like they like cranking out the hits, um, which is a pretty cool deal. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, we're gonna talk about inner space. Uh, here's the quick sun, synap- er, synopsis. Um, 1987, like I said, it's an American sci-fi comedy film, and uh, it's produced by uh, Michael Finnell and you know, obviously executive produced by Steven Spielberg. It was inspired, like I mean, I've never seen this movie, but I know about it through like the Zeitgeist. It was inspired by the 1966 science fiction movie uh, Fantastic Voyage. And that's one where like a team of like people have to go shrink down and go in a vessel inside to save a human body. A million cartoons that you grew up with 
have all parodied that story. Like, I know you've seen something in that story. Oh, yeah. Even, I mean, I've seen... there's Even Rick and Morty, right? Rick and Morty, there's Magic School Bus, Jimmy Neutron. I've never yeah. heard of Inner Space, though. Up until right. Last so, week. so the funny thing is, Inner Space is actually like a blatant, blatant uh, ripoff of uh, Fantastic Voyage and the fact that they actually say the word inner space twice in Fantastic Voyage. So that's where they lifted. They, that's where they came up with the word for the title of the movie. But um, yeah, what's really funny is this movie, like everybody at Warner Brothers loved this movie. Everybody thought like this thing was going to do gangbusters. Uh, they ended up not advertising or marketing it correctly. Uh, I've been told, like, I've seen some movie posters that just don't even explain that this is a sci-fi comedy, like nothing about that. There's a movie poster where it's just the little tiny ship in between two people, uh, a person's fingers and like nothing. No people are on this on the picture, the poster at all. So anyways, the movie bombed in theaters like it actually I think it cost like 26 million to make or and, and it made basically just that back. Um, so what's really funny is I, as I was getting information about this movie, I found out this is actually one of the first movies that made it big on video. Like, and I do recall that actually, like I watched this movie at home a lot as a kid, a lot. So I could see how you would have missed this movie because like, it's, it's just a weird it's a weird one where like people who were into watching a lot of movies at home in the eighties found this movie, but you know, it this didn't... was a blockbuster uh, Friday night for you, man. Probably, probably. I like, I don't remember, you know, specifically the act of renting this movie, but I do remember the act of watching it a lot at home. Uh, but with all that said, I want to know, what did you think of this movie? Uh, I just watched it less than an hour ago. I finished it. It was, it was fun. It was fun. I, I didn't, I mean, we can get more into specifics, but I, I think I will come out of that saying I had fun with that watching experience. Yeah. Um, was There's it a the lot most to fun like. I've ever had? Probably not. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. Yeah, but it was, it was fun. So the yeah, the premise of this movie is basically just uh, a test pilot is signed up to go on this experiment tomorrow to like shrink down in a capsule and go inside a bunny. Not, I'm not really even sure what they were gonna do inside the bunny. It's like a proof of concept, right? Yeah, but like you don't. That's not how you do proof of concept, though. Like that's that's pretty far down the rabbit hole already. Pardon the pun, you know, like. Um, so, but what ends up happening is after Dennis Quaid gets shrunk down in this tiny little, uh, vessel and they put him inside a syringe, some terrorists come in and just wreck the place, start gently spraying everybody unconscious. And they're trying to steal the microchip technology that is used to make this shrinking thing happen. Um, and they want the vessel too, but the, the the main scientist escapes, and he's frantically trying to find a place to hide this ve- this uh this you know Wait, tiny. Are we talking about Ant Man two? Are we talking about Inner Space? See, that's what I'm saying. 
that's why I wanted you to watch Ant or I wanted you to watch this to like really appreciate you know that inner space walked so Ant Man could 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 run, you know what I mean? Um I think Inner Space is a better movie than Ant Man 2. <laughs> inner Space is a better movie than Ant Man 2 and 3, just to be clear. Oh, oh, okay. Spoilers for next week. <laughs> Uh, no, but inter- I'm not knocking them really. What I'm saying is, Interspace is a really cool movie. Uh, does it suffer from a lot of the 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 the, the, the timeliness? Or I mean, like not the timeliness. Does it look? Does it age well? Meh. Like I mean, it just looks 80s, right? It just looks like a really 80s movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like so, you know, whenever you watch a sci-fi movie of any type, whether it be comedy or serious. It's it's kind of more fun if it's like harder to place the time period, you know what I mean? Like like The Matrix, yeah, I know is a very like 90s-ish kind of movie, but like it's kind of timeless in a certain way. More more so than than yeah. When you watch Inner Space, you're like, "Damn, that's that's 80s." <laughs> you know, like um like but Meg Ryan, damn, if she doesn't look good in those 80s haircuts though. You know? She looks really good. She looks super good. And Dennis Quaid is a super handsome actor back, you know, back in the day. I mean, he still is now, but um, it's a charming cast of people. But Martin Short, super young Martin Short, the second movie after Three Amigos. Wow. Wait, so Three Amigos was first? Yes. Okay. It, Three Amigos looks, was a year he was before young. This. I, I was just surprised how young he was in this movie. Yeah, how young he, he looks hella young. Yeah. Um, but I didn't. I didn't finish. Just to clarify, so he, the doctor, ends up uh, stabbing this poor assistant manager of a grocery store with the syringe, and then Dennis Quaid lives inside the wacky antics of Martin Short for the rest of the movie, right? And they eventually end up communicating, and they have to work together to solve this whole silly problem as Dennis Quaid navigates his way through all the the different parts of martin short's body mm-hmm. that are pg related <laughs> um but yeah that's the premise of the movie right but then like there's so much more movie after that that i got lost in it's how like much yeah subplot plot. on subplot <laughs> and you know what was really funny there's the character the cowboy and i didn't understand why meg ryan's character was following him at first and then it just turned into this crazy diversion in the movie. But then later on, like as I was watching it with my wife, I'm like, you know, I remember the cowboy, but I, I'm not very entertained. And then later in the movie, I'm like, okay, you know what? The cowboy was all worth it because, oh my God, when Martin Short's character, Jack Putter, like has his face transformed to look like uh, Robert Picardo's The Cowboy. The mid transformation scenes are so horrific. They're amazing, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's just, it's wacky. It it turns into like a cartoon, like yeah, like I I honestly I I I had fun with the film. I think it's longer than it needs to be, um, yeah. for sure. There's a lot of things that overstay their welcome. But the bits that do work, I think, work really, really well, even though they make no fucking sense. Um, like, I was, you know, when when they kind of tease, like, oh, I'm going to change your face muscles to look like this other dude. 
like okay like that's kind of weird like are they just gonna like make like i was my mom's going are they gonna put pro- pro- prosthetics on him or are they gonna actually like just change it to him yeah and they just changed the actors midway through but kept the voice and gave martin short a now questionable tan um <laughs> <laughs> you gotta give him credit though like that uh that that actor who had to emulate martin short he did a really good job he did like i felt like that was still jack putter you know well they voice dubbed him right yeah uh yeah originally he acted the scenes though yeah um and and i just felt his mannerisms were like perfectly still in line with this character like it was pretty it was pretty cool um but yeah but it was a whole unnecessary extra like half hour of that movie was a diversion with this cowboy character that somehow folded back into the main story of like this evil other corporation who was trying to steal the microchips and the shrinking technology uh, so that they could be he the was successful Sunny shrinking. Birch and then the other place was like AIM and <laughs> you know yeah it was it was a lot like that movie for sure for sure um, and what are you gonna do? Like most Marvel movies are a copy of something else. But you know, like I said before, even the the people who made this movie openly admitted that they just wanted to rip off the plot of Fantastic Voyage. Um, so you know, all of these movies are ripoffs or inspired by you know older movies that have have you know paved the way for stuff like this. But with that said, you know, like you were saying how it's all cartoony and stuff. Two things to that. One, uh, directed by Joe Dante, uh, he's a giant Looney Tunes fan. And whenever he does these movies that for Warner Brothers, he always makes a point of squeezing in Looney Tunes noises. So there is a hiccup in this movie that is actually taken from the audio, you know, library of Warner Brothers. That's Mel Blank, the voice of Bugs Bunny doing a hiccup. Uh, but this guy, you were saying, you know, cartoony also, like, aside from just that, you do know the other movies this guy has done, right? Like, besides Small Soldiers, what he's famous for? It's Gremlins, right? Yeah. Yeah. Those are cartoons. You know what I mean? Like, it's live action cartoons. And that's just what he likes doing. And that's what Steven Spielberg likes doing with him. So, like, I actually, once you understand that that's the vibe, and I think, the movie does a great job of making you understand that by using Martin short, right? Like, yeah. When you, as soon as you see Martin short, that's basically like seeing Jim Carrey show up in your movie, right? You're like, okay, we're in for some stuff because like, you know, like Martin short and Jim Carrey are just borrowing the physical comedy from Jerry Lewis. You know what I mean? Like it's, and who could, who you could say is borrowing from Charlie Chaplin and so far, you know, like, it's a very specific type of entertainer that only comes around once every generation, right? Like it's somebody who is that physical and can make you laugh. Uh, you know, like, I mean, who's the modern day one? Like, I, I like, think who would be the, is it Johnny Knoxville? Cause man, that guy will take a beating for your laughter. I he mean, will and... take like a mad if beat. that man doesn't get a honorary oscar which i will if you want to okay we got a tangent right here <laughs> he was nominated for best uh what is it the best costume design for bad grandpa you've watched that movie yeah 
the fact that they didn't win is insane because like <laughs> that movie hinges on people believing that that's him right like that's the whole premise but yeah. so, point aside um i on the cartooniness i do like how they they like within three scenes are in it right yes they they, they move very quickly like all right dennis quaid the fuck up um martin shorts uh weird and all right we're and, in the like and, we're in and, it and now we're getting him stabbed in his butt yeah you know, now, like now we're shrunk like yeah and you and What's so funny is I can see how the marketing like had failed if they didn't tell people that that's what this movie is, right? Because if you went into this theater not knowing what movie you're watching, the first two scenes and then the next one is the science lab where this thing is happening. You're like, there was no lead into this at all. Is this poster poster pre-Top Gun? I want to say this is post-Top Gun. I could be wrong. 86. I think Top Gun was one of her earlier roles. 86 is the, yeah, the next year. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, but you know what I mean? Like if you didn't know, cause I told you for this show that I need you to watch inner space, which is a movie about people shrinking. If you didn't know that the, the first two scenes of this movie do not set you up for that at all. Right. Mm-hmm. No, and, then, and they don't even. I I appreciate that they don't even like try to explain it. Like the tech is just there, and they're using it. You you know, I mean, it's still yeah. experimental, but I I kind of they they don't get bogged down on the the how and the why. It's just like all right, we're doing this, and like the Ant Man movies, they there's a minute for them to explain how the pin particles yeah, work, but they don't really though. They just don't. In the bigger MCU ness of it all, I see why it makes sense why they would do that because they do come yeah. to play, you know, come to play later on. But yeah, but yeah, it was it was fun. Like it was. Was it weird that Dennis Quaid's just like maybe had one day of acting the whole the whole shoot because he's like in this pod the whole time? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know what I read is actually uh, they said that Dennis Quaid actually uh, acted like a lot because he he did his scenes after Martin Short and he would want to do multiple takes. He kept he kept trying to do like more and more and more and more, you know, like to add to it. Um, but I think it's weird because like without actually being on screen together. They have a pretty damn good chemistry, right? Yeah, I like know they, they do. It's it's impressive. So I applaud, you know, Dennis Quaid if he was the one that did them after because he really made that feel like that was a partnership going on there. Um, because Martin Short can steal a scene pretty hard, dude. He can well, steal. I, I didn't feel. Every scene. I feel like it was like a number seven Martin Short, seven out of ten. Right. Yeah. He's a little, a little toned down, but it, I think it works. It works. It works because yeah. it, like it feels like they meet each other in the middle somewhere, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and it's a really cool thing. And then, and then I thought uh, Martin Short and his, uh, and you know, he had good chemistry with Meg Ryan too. Like it was really, it was just a really a joy to watch Martin Short at this point in his career doing something. Because I know you, you kind of came to know Martin Short from Only Murders in the Building, right? Pretty much, yeah. Which I is mean, a really cool place to come to meet Martin Short also. 
but you like, know his work in the Santa Claus three was not uh, his best. So uh, <laughs> only yeah. murders in the building. It's, it's only like... murders in the building is a fantastic show. Uh, it's a fantastic place for you know for his career to end up after all this time. But like he's had some weird ones, man. But like I promise you. Three Amigos in Inner Space are just so far up there on the like list of awesome accomplishments. Uh, he, even if he does a seven, he does that seven better than most actors could. Um, it's pretty impressive. I highly recommend if anybody is a big Martin Short fan and has never seen Inner Space, check this movie out because he does some wacky stuff in it. Um, <laughs> But yeah, like I mean, what like what what else is there to to talk about about this movie? Like what what did you think about like I mean, guess what was your least favorite part of this movie? Was, I think every everything um just the the wishy-washiness on the urgency, right? There's a they got to get it done by 9 9 o'clock, right? And then and they go on the cowboy diversion. Go on the cowboy diversion, Dennis Quaid makes uh, martin short go get a drink um you know and chill out for a little bit like it's just like they they're very picky on when and when and when it doesn't matter on how quickly they get get this whole situation resolved yeah but i i really like the practical stuff of the inside of the body um i thought that stuff looked super cool dude so you know what Mm -hmm. uh joe dante's done a lot of uh these really cool you know visionary uh, movies with uh steven spielberg inner space is the only one he's ever done to receive an academy award for visual effects i believe it aren't they amazing They're i was really shocked i was shocked apparently uh i read like every time you see little like blood cells and stuff like that jello wow right i wonder how they film it like are they just singular jellos or are they putting jello in a I in a know. tube I, and filming the tube and i need to find a, a documentary about all the miniature stuff in this movie because it is impressive man i was yeah my wife and i were watching this and like wow what what is how did they do that um but you know what not even the miniature stuff like can we talk about like <laughs> Can we talk about when the bad guys get miniaturized to half size? Oh, yeah. Again, Ant-Man 2. Uh, when they get miniaturized to half size, and then they do that scene with them in the car when they're behind the people. Do you know how they did that scene? Just a forced perspective? Yes. They did. That car is actually, there's 20 feet of distance between the front seat and the back seat. <laughs> And so it made it look like they're small, but oh my god, the fake arms, like the fake arms, oh, that the came dolls, out. and that yeah, shit was so funny. I just like, but by that point, what all the zany stuff you've seen in that movie is that any weirder? Like, you're right, it's a cartoon. The whole movie's a cartoon, and that's what I loved about it. Um, but yeah, they did force perspective. It was pretty amazing. Like, I was. Like for the time, I guess, you know, like it's cool to see that stuff like that, you know, would would probably influence how Peter Jackson, you know, did the Lord of the Rings movies. Like, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And, and and Elf. Have you ever seen Elf? Like how mm-hmm. they did all the force perspective on that? So cool, man. Like 
it's just so cool when you see things that you like nowadays like like for example elf when you assume that they use cg to do that scene but then you find out that that was an actual practical effect like for me watching inner space i had no doubt in my mind that it was all practical effects because they didn't have the option. Yeah, they were they weren't calling up like the you yeah. know they weren't they weren't fixing the mustache or taking it out. You know they were. Yeah, and they like were so doing it all on camera. That's really cool. So like, do you know? Like, I know you probably didn't catch it, but you know the scene the first time that Martin Short turns into the cowboy, mm-hmm. and he's talking to Meg Ryan, and then like, uh, you know, she's like, "Wait, you're." No, but where is he? And then she ends up going in the bathroom and then she sees Robert Picardo again, but in the tub. Yeah. That was one cut. What do you mean? They did that practically. They use a stunt double at some at certain points in the scene so that you see the back of his head while Robert uh, Picardo okay. yeah, yeah. runs into the other room strips with, a down. Break, with a breakaway suit, strips down and gets in the tub. That's one continuous scene. That's pretty. I didn't notice it. I didn't recognize it. Isn't that nuts? That's pretty insane. Like for it not to be like a, I would say a memorable I, scene. I lot, love the ingenuity. I love the ingenuity of of practical effects because like it forces people to get real creative and real like guerrilla style with stuff. And so that's something that's a lost art right nowadays. Like when you say like Marvel gets to do movies with a blank check, you know what that check goes towards, right? Just paying for more CG. Like that's, that's, that's what they do. And so when you say that they're going to rein in that, that check, what I hear is the CG is going to be the thing that suffers. Right. Cause it ain't going to be the acting and it's not going to be the writing. They've already written the next 40 years of movies. I'm sure it's going to be the CG. Because that's the last part. That's the last place and the biggest yeah. place to spend well, that budget. Yeah, if that's the easy way to go about it, I think that's the smarter way is to write, yeah. write your way out of it. <laughs> but, but when when it's a movie like this, like it's actually the reverse, right? They put all the budget into these practical effects up front first because they had to get these done. They had to. Well, yeah, out you have to do them on a certain day, and then you only get a handful it takes to do them. Yeah, exactly. And so the the idea of them having to like plan these shots and in this stuff, it's so cool, man. It's just so cool. Like so I yeah, I didn't really appreciate that scene as much until I read about that later. And I was like, God damn, you even even the non miniatures special effects they did in this movie is pretty impressive. So you know what, guys? Congratulations, you deserve that Academy for, Award for 1987. For the, the lukewarmness take that I have on this, and I think the general consensus has on this movie, I'm surprised that this has not come back as a sequel, as a reboot, a as re- a remake. A remake, right? Yeah. I mean, all these people are still alive. Um, Dennis Quaid's maybe questionable now, but I think you can still swing it right oh you would want it with the same actors <laughs> well if i mean either either way but i mean if everyone's alive i think you you pull on that string i'm well, just surprised they have it i don't think dennis quaid and meg ryan ended their marriage on the best of terms you one or the other 
they did they did meet on the set of this movie and then they went on to get married and then they ended up having wonderful Jack Quaid who plays Huey on the boys that we love. Um, they've had, a, they've had a life because of inner space. I mean, they I barely share scenes in this movie. So. They really do. Right. Like it's hilarious. Uh, they have, they have like two scenes at the beginning of the movie and then a scene at the end, I think. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The, the wedding where they invited uh, Martin shorts boss, Oh my and God. doctor <laughs> and yeah his therapist and his his co-workers um, that man got some plus ones i was so confused by the wedding of this movie but i but then i thought back to myself and i'm like oh the whole point of this movie is just to be a comedy you know it's just to be a cartoon like it's it's See, the, the comedy reading like the synopsis like this sci-fi comedy I don't want to say I didn't think it was funny, but I think it's funny as the way like the Martian, the whatever the Ridley Scott movie is funny in some moments, but I didn't find it like yeah. I'm not watching this for 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 laughs. It's not know? busting you up laughing. No, like, but I promise you in the 80s, it did. <laughs> and that's what's weird about it, right? Like it's it is weird. Like I I was not busting up laughing, but I was I was smiling at a lot of things that they did at certain points in the movie. But yeah, like uh, you didn't have to write as many jokes in a in a in an eighties movie to be funny. Like you just had to hit a few really good ones, you know. Um, it's a different time, right? But yeah, it's I lo- I I do really enjoy this movie, but like I said, it does not age well i think like, it over it overstays its welcome yeah i read that joe dante actually like this movie he loves so all the scenes so much that he just didn't know what to cut so it, it ended up being his longest movie yeah like and imagine like, if this was a, a tv show there'd be two episodes where it just were filler yeah <laughs> but 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 damn it if the cowboy didn't earn his yeah his were, was were the fillers episodes entertaining sure but were they needed as part of the the story for of, of inner space probably not it's weird to, to me to think that the side story of the cowboy exists in a movie that got an academy award for for best visual effects because what is that what is that character like i didn't even understand. and suddenly he's like the bad guy that survives and at the end is now trying to kill the, i don't i'm That's so what I'm yeah he set up a sequel too right like inner I space mean, too are you clamoring for a sequel to this movie i kind of yeah, like i think you could westworld the shit out of this <laughs> not that like westworld didn't like die i mean obviously it died off because that show got canceled but i think you can get a like a one a one uh one season run from HBO is Max. It, is it like something where like the sequel is darker and so like the military is now using this technology to install entire armies inside of one passenger or one human being, you know? Yeah. Like, and then like have them just come out at the, at the end of the homeland inner space. Like it was really kind of weird to think that like these companies seem to be operating on this amazing shrinking technology without any military oversight at all. <laughs> like there's, there was no military presence 
Like, how do you get that far in shrinking technology without the military knowing about that? Okay, you know what I mean? The plot of Ant-Man 1. <laughs> no, not the plot of Ant-Man 1, because S.H.I.E.L.D. was directly involved in that. Not in the recreation. Uh, they knew fair. about the particle, but they didn't, like, they... Fair. He gatekeeped it. Fair uh, enough. I mean, but um, again... That movie borrows heavily. I, from. I I would want I would I want more inner space, you know. Because the inside the body stuff was cool. Huh? It was cool. I think we we should do more of that. Was it not like did it not hit you a tiny bit in the feels? Yeah. When, when you saw the baby, when you saw the baby, and you're like, whoa, how crazy would that be to see a baby from that perspective? Like, like fuck the quantum realm. I don't know what that is. I yeah. know what the inside of my body kind of looks like. Yeah. <laughs> so show was, me that. Was it not cool when he first got injected into his butt and you looked and you looked around and you saw all the yellow bubbles? Did you not know those were fat cells? Mm-mm. Oh, really? I can tell they were fat cells. Because did you never have to dissect animals in, in high school? I dissected quite a few animals in high school. Yeah? You never saw the fat cells? We never looked any under the microscope. Well, I don't mean cells. I mean the, the fat... I, the fat deposits. You never saw the fat like under uh, the under the skin. There's that big layer of like yellow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so yeah, it was fun a, to see pig. them cre- recreated at that cellular level. You know, where it's like like they just they had like little things that keyed you into like what parts of the body they were in, so that even if you just understood some basic biology, you could enjoy the ride. Right. I mean, like, yeah, I saw the blood cell and then they had the yeah. eyes and the stomach and yeah, you know, the, the magic school bus tour of the body. Yeah, exactly. Um, but without like being too heavy handed about it. Right. Like they didn't bother to like explain every single thing that you're looking at. You just kind of like, all right, I get it. I get it. They're in the lungs, you know, like, Oh, there's the eye, you know? Um, yeah, it was, it, it it knew how to pace itself properly during those scenes. Like those were the most entertaining scenes, I think, of the whole movie, right? It was like every time it was in the in the inside, in the interior, in the inner space, right? Um, because it it almost felt like a set a different movie. Like if it wasn't for the fact that Jack that that uh Dennis Quaid is talking to Jack on the outside right like yeah you could do like a definitely a hard sci-fi with this yeah you could have yeah it's pretty cool um what what did you think about the music it, it felt of its time well, i don't so i don't want to say overly produced that that's a bad thing but you don't see that level of production in like modern day scores but I, I didn't mean necessarily the score. I meant like the soundtrack too. Like what I meant like is when you say it's of its time, which I thought was really funny is two of the main songs in that movie were from a different time. Like <laughs> yeah. the, you know, the Twistin song and then the, <laughs> and then the, uh, the Cupid, the Cupid song. Like those were oldies and like, they're the main songs of that movie. You know what I mean? I mean, to me, they're all oldies, but <laughs> I know but that's what I'm saying. That's but that's what's weird is like, like the main like it's kind of it was kind of doing like the what Guardians of the Galaxy does. Right. They were looking yeah. at songs from their older time and saying, 
we would rather put these songs in here so that this movie could be more timeless. And so what I thought was funny about the movie is the music was the most timeless part aside from the inner space, right? Like it's just all the live action part that was just so weird in eighties. Like when they go to slam dance or when they talk about slam dancing and they meet up at the, the concert and I'm just like, Oh Club my Inferno. God. Oh man. So much of it was so weird. Like, like the, even the bougie, like the, the bad guys that are having their picnic, like with raw eggs and, is that a thing? Raw, I don't know, man. It just felt like it felt like something like very 80s to have like your entire like garden area looking like that white. Or what was up with like the lighting of the buildings they were working in? You know, like sometimes like they had like the craziest dark blue lighting or craziest red lighting. And yeah, it pops, but like it's just, it just has what to is look the cool. lighting at your lab that is doing that you know it looks I mean? like, cool that's all it's all it or, needs to do. or what about when the scrimshaw guy is actually like calling up his henchman on the phone and then he hangs up and he's got this crazy well-lit background right but then the camera zooms out and he's sitting he's got this like studio lighting in the corner of a oh, giant empty. <laughs> brick empty brick building. That's what? just a, I mean, rent was cheap back then. I, you know, what is that? Like, why did that. they even, why did they even show us that? I don't, I don't understand what that was. Do you, do you like, believe me, if you were asking the questions I was to watching this movie, it was just, it, to me, it's like, all right, this movie's set in the eighties. That seems like an eighties ass thing to do. <laughs> I guess that's an 80s ass thing to do. I didn't, I don't know. But like, that's what I'm saying. Like the live action parts, like are the weirdest, most 80s thing ever. But like the inner space parts and the music stuff, so not 80s. And that's why it's like, it's a weird well, movie for me. I think they worked like it's, um, it's like balsamic vinegar and uh, olive oil, right? <laughs> you shake them together and they work really well. But they are very like, and they separate. They, they they're separate. separate movies almost, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, they have this like hard sci-fi thing, because again, it's not like a magic like you know, Fantastic Voyage is, is a fantastic story. You know, a fantastic story. Where this is very much, very much science, pseudoscience based, right? But then you have like the Martin Short well, element. Fantastic Voyages too. It's a science story yeah. where the like I mean the the military gets shrunk down to go and you know, but I don't know if Fantastic is the. I mean, it's all relative, right? What like how how you determine to be Fantastic versus how this one is. But I just want to make sure you understand they both are sci-fi. Yes, like they're both they're both doing that. All right, cool. They're just very two different tones both inside and outside of the body, but I, I do think they work for the most part. They do. It's weird. It's really weird. To it, it, But when I watched it, I wasn't surprised when I found out that Joe Dante directed it because to me, it felt like Gremlins or it felt like Small Soldiers because I feel like those movies also are two different movies. Do you know oh, what I mean? Yeah, they blow past the... I think it, the the hook I can see is like, there's a like small soldiers. There's some like adult concepts in that movie, in terms of, like the toy making and the commentary on 
that whole side of the thing but then you have like this weird kids movie in the mix and yeah it's the same thing with this you know there's there's some hard sci-fi elements but then you have like you know these very light-hearted scenes where let me change my face or let me uh you know hey stop ogling my girl i can see your eyes like you know like just silly shit like that oh man i just remembered the the moment where i was like what is this movie i know we talked about how like the first two scenes had nothing to do with the miniaturization scene in the lab you know that came afterwards but when you first get into the lab because that is a long scene by the way the mm-hmm. miniaturization scene is like a straight like 10 minutes long right like it's yeah. like you you meet the the head scientist he's doing all this procedural to get everything underway he's documenting everything you meet the crew, yeah. you meet the crew you, then Dennis Quaid walks in he's kind of like hungover but he's ready to go and like he starts ki- french kissing like people on the staff and you're like what taking selfies before it was in style to take selfies too like um and then, like, you know, then they do the, the, the boot up sequence and then they do like the cool little, you know, sci fi stuff. He shrinks, then the terrorists come in, all this stuff. And in this entire time, you have this one guy that's kind of carrying you through this, this, this scene, which is the scientist, right? His name's mm-hmm. Ozzy. Yeah. And he is the most uncharismatic human being you've ever seen on film. Like, it's so funny. It's almost like Harold Ramis if Harold Ramis wasn't doing it intentionally. You know, like Egon in the Ghostbusters movies? Like, the comedy is that we know that Harold Ramis is a is a charming person and he's doing this character this way. The difference is this guy who played Ozzy was Joe Dante's cinematographer in every movie. He's not an actor. And then Steven Spielberg thought it would be really funny to have this guy play the scientist in inner space well he's not only like that like he gets a whole like t2 fucking chase yes. into the mall and he's not an actor i thought it worked i didn't i, I didn't it's hate pretty it funny though right he like they screen tested him and they're like he's pretty good at this so like i just think the weirdest Bravo... part of that whole scene is that martin Short's not weirded out by getting stabbed by a needle I'd be right? freaking in the eighties, bro. In yeah, the 80s. like I, I mean, I didn't want to bring that up, but yes, in the getting stabbed in the needle anytime is sketchy. But in the eighties, it's super that time. bad. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, I was quite shocked that that was not brought up. And, and the, yeah, was, <laughs> like, <laughs> the minute the scenes after where he's you know slowly figuring out like, oh my god, there's someone you know, some who's talking to me. It doesn't ever occur to him that maybe the injection that he got at the mall was had anything to do with or is making him trip balls yeah too, it like, could be you know it could be laced with who knows what it was it just doesn't register yeah like, that's that, a pretty big i think i think for what i would look at it as is that's the most innocent part of the movie right like it's super innocent like it's is it it as much as like it is innocent that like meg ryan and and uh, Dennis Quaid were probably out drinking the night before, before you find out she's pregnant. Like, you know, like, I don't know. There's something weird about it, but it is innocent. Um, but yeah, that is, <laughs> I tried not to think of the 80s-ness of that syringe 
but it's hard not now. In San Francisco too. Oh man. Moving on. What else can we talk about about this movie to make it to make it understood that it it is just it is a spectacle, right? Like do you think it's do you think it makes sense that it has an Academy Award for best visual effects? Like do you yeah. think it's Well, especially like, at that time I know they were very uh It was a computer wait, computer effects or special effects? Those are practical effects. Yeah, well, I know, like, the Academy was very anti-computer effects for up until, like, the early 90s. Um, Fair enough. Yeah. um, So anything that had practical or kept practical going was always a a strong favor. Yeah. I think it's just because the practical kept so many more people employed. Oh, totally, yeah. Yeah. And and it's just, like, a politics thing about, you know, like, hey, don't, don't, don't take away our jobs because of computers and stuff. Um, but yeah, it's, it is an amazing thing to see technologically. It is a hilariously weird thing to see from a comedic standpoint. And it's just really a, a charming time capsule of the eighties to see like young Dennis Quaid, young Meg Ryan and young Martin short. Like it's, it's pretty cool, man. Um, I do, I don't want to draw this conversation out more than it needs to be, but like, I I thought it was interesting how much you compared this to Ant-Man. And so I was wondering if you wanted to just do a quick non-spoiler review of Ant-Man and the Wasp before maybe we do a full, a full takedown of it next week or something like that. Um, Or if you want to keep talking about inner space for a little bit longer, that's fine too. I mean, I'll probably watch it again before next friday next next you like inner space that much yeah i like like that much ant-man of the wasp is a great it's a another chapter in the broader story of the mcu but i don't know if that makes it a good ant-man movie i think it's a terrible ant-man movie i think it's a weirdly okay kang movie and I think it's a fantastic Modoc movie. <laughs> and I think that's what bummed me out about that movie is that <laughs> the character that was barely advertised was the breakout star for me of that movie. Uh, He's very he... decisive right now. A lot of people are upset with with uh, the look and the story. And well, the... here's the, yeah, here's but the I, thing I about think it, it. I think it works like the setup is there for the MCU. Like that is he's a perfect MCU Modoc. But here's what I mean. Here's what I mean. And it tries right into inner space. Mm-hmm. I think Modoc is the breakout star of that movie in the same way that Martin Short changing his face into Robert Picardo <laughs> is the most ridiculous scenes of inner space. Like, right? That's Modoc right there. That is Modoc. There is a point of like it it'd be one thing to tease, but to go f- to commit with it, I think that's that's where the you know, that's where both shine. If you commit to the bit, yeah, they commit to the bit, even if the bit looks super weird and wrong. And I think that is sadly the most charming part of Ant Man and the Wasp uh, for me um, is just this bit character that has a, f- a few scenes that steal steal the show, 
but other than that, like I didn't really feel like it was a great comedy movie in, in the same way that Ricky, you didn't feel the inner space was right. Like it yeah. had some funny moments, but I wouldn't go home and say, Hey, Ant-Man's the best comedy of the three Ant-Mans. No, it's not. You know what I mean? Like, um, but I think I'm really happy that we watched Ant-Man one last week because it really instilled in me like what was awesome about that movie. And it really bums me out that the new movie does a lot of references to the old movie, but not in meaningful ways. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, so I think the punchline in that movie. Yeah. So I think, I think that's what really hurt me is like you said, as an Ant-Man movie, it's not great because it doesn't really do service to the, to the tone that has been established in two previous movies uh, as a chapter in as a chapter one in the Kang story. Okay. I don't, I feel like they held back a lot for the, with the intention of like being a Marvel movie, which is we're going to have 18 chapters of the story. (laughs) We can't give it all away in the first one. And, and I felt like that's that holding back really, I felt like holding back was the problem with Ant-Man 2. Mm-hmm. And so I'm even more pissed that that was, again, the problem with Ant-Man 3. Like, I, I, I did come out of that movie. I mean, I'm, without going into much, I am excited more for Kang. I, I want I want more Kang. I'm, I, I like the direction they're going with Kang. Uh, was the Ant-Man movie the best? place to to start or you know put in chapter one because I, I consider loki the prologue i think we'll, we'll have to uh see how it i'm sure out. i'm sure this movie will age better with time but like yeah. my my problem was like evangeline lily like what was her story arc in this movie like she had none i mean the she other had title no character arc. in this movie what's that <laughs> the other title character in this movie yeah like uh, like paul rudd barely has an arc in this movie honestly aside from modok i thought the best character in the movie was michael douglas like yeah. i thought he was badass and and so it's a mixed bag for me so like there were moments in ant-man 3 where i was just like that's really cool but for the most part i'm like oh my god Am I gonna have to rewatch this eight years from now to catch up on the yes. Kang saga? You know what I mean? Like yes. <laughs> ugh. So yeah. I don't know how excited I am to rewatch it to talk with you about it next week. So I probably won't rewatch it, but I'm I remember enough about what I dislike or like about the, that movie. So there you go. That's my review. And I think that's I think you and I are on the same page. Mm-hmm. I, I'm less excited for the Kang stuff than than I was before I saw this movie. But oh. other than that, I think we're on the same page. It's All right. chapter 28, right? Is that what it is? That's the 40th piece of Marvel MCU content. That's chapter 40? 40th thing. So oh my we're in God. it. <laughs> we're, we're in it. I, that, was, that was number The only 40. reason I know that is because I was thinking of... of uh, from his letterbox so you can kind of give your movie list anyways i, w- I wanted to get a official list a running list of all the mcu stuff and tallying it up yeah it is 40 different shows or specials or 
uh, movies. So we're, we're in it at this point. Oh, man. We're all in. Well, that's why I like watching Interspace. It's pretty fun to go like. It was cool to see. Um, You know, it's like listening to an old song that has been sampled uh, recently. Right. You kind of yeah. get a little bit of appreciation. What's uh, when, where yeah. it came from. And Interspace is that. Amen. That's that's pretty much why I wanted you to watch that. Um, I'm glad I'm glad I was able to pick this one for you because I know I know the previous some of the previous ones have been a little bit more painful than <laughs> than inner space. Um, yeah. I do think Honey I Shrunk the Kids might slightly be the better shrinking movie. Um, but it's been a while since I've seen that one to you. But that's got that's got Disney money, you know what I mean? Like that's a little how many of those did they do two or three i don't know i think they did several like but in fairness though like that movie built off the popularity of inner space when inner space was you know mm-hmm. picking up steam at home in, in 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 the home video space so like people were really enjoying inner space and so honey i shrunk the kids hit at the just the right time to be the giant success it was because people were like, Ooh, I like this shrinking story kind of thing. Where can I get more of it? Where can I get more? And there you go. So, uh, I think, I think inner space for revitalizing people's like wonder of this kind of story because fantastic voyage was the previous iconic version of the story. 1966 what we just we just weren't doing this enough you know and now now we're spoiled by shrinking people dude you know like it's it's like travis he says when he's on here it's it's an embarrassment of riches like we are so overdone with shrinking stuff like you know what i mean like we don't just get it in the ant-man movies we get it in all the other stuff oh yeah yeah i mean once you start parroting off your thing like that's that's how you know like so it's pretty it's pretty cool how how we have this. I would say the, the my favorite version to date so far is the the Rick and Morty episode where they combo it with Jurassic Park. That is that is amazing because like I mean Fantastic Voyage or Inner Space comboed with Jurassic Park, how can you go wrong? It's one of the best things ever. Uh, but yeah, I uh I had fun. I'm I'm glad you enjoyed this one. I promise you, you'll get to talk all about a Marvel movie next week. <laughs> uh, and then uh, I think we'll have to plan out our schedule for the for the coming weeks because uh, the next one on the on the next big one is uh, Shazam, Fury of the Gods, right? Yeah, Shazam. I mean, we're depending how we do it. We got a uh, we got Mando coming in starting next month. Yeah. If we, uh... I, I, by the way, I just know it's going to suck. <laughs> like. <laughs> I I just I'm pri- trying to prepare myself for the inevitability that that show is not going to be the fall awesome. from grace. Yeah. Is it because that Boba Fett show was terrible? Is man. it because of Boba Fett or is it because Andor Andor raised the bar just so got both <laughs> both at the same time? But Boba Fett was bad. It was yeah. terrible. Yeah. Well, um, I just know I just know it won't be as good. That's all I'm saying. I, I'm I'm hopeful for it, and if anybody in the audience is hopeful, please tell me why. 
uh, like I'm just I need that. I need to be inspired to be excited. I do want to watch that show, though, really bad because I want it to be good. That's what I want. But I'm I'd be curious to know, like when. They're I don't they're not running out of time, but. That show. There is a point where that show. I don't think he has to end right given the wider narrative of star wars so i'm i just don't think you're gonna keep pedro pascal forever in that role i don't think he's his, gonna his i don't stock, think he's down his stock just went up a lot his so. stock keeps going up and that's what i'm <laughs> saying i don't think you can keep him forever i, I just don't maybe maybe i'm wrong maybe he's down to be the mando for I mean, the next yeah, 80 he's years in the suit for some of the time and then just talks it through the others but yeah i feel like the Mando dying would he need he's the martyr of the Star Wars universe. Oh, right? like, one of those creatures is not coming out of that, that show. Yeah, but I don't think they're gonna kill Grogu like ever. Do yeah, you know what I mean, that's why I think it's the Mando. But anyways, yeah. this is all this is all soapbox stuff that we're not doing the soapbox. Yeah, we gotta get so, it out right now. So, so <laughs> we're gonna get out of here. We just had to get it out of the out of the way uh, because we're not gonna do a soapbox tonight. But I did want to thank uh, Ricky for joining me on this ride in the in the inner space. Uh, we will be back next week to talk about Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania in excess uh, with lots of spoilers and everything it just, just to the point of exhaustion we're going to talk about. <laughs> uh, so, you know, feel free to look forward to that or not, whatever. Um, but thanks to our patrons for supporting our growth and to our audience for tuning in. I see you there. I see you. Even if you're quiet, I see that you are there. I appreciate it. And I know Ricky does too. Please feel free to, if you haven't already, like and subscribe. And, you know, you can always check us out on Patreon for our other stuff. We got, we got like uh, the Soapbox, which is not what we're doing. But then we got like Cracking Snap, which is a show about Marvel Snap. Uh, and then we got some other stuff in there, like the Mando uh, podcast that we did called We Have Spoken. It's all there. You can find it everywhere um, or find it all there. So, uh, yeah, I think that's it. No soapbox tonight. You got anything else? Nope. All right, guys. See you next time on Dan Excelsior, True Believers. Enough said. See you guys.